From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 9th, 2008. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. Peter Werner is on a leave of absence to attend to some personal matters, and he'll be back with us in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm joined by our Orlando team. We have Will Perry, Kathy Whirling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, and Kevin Close this week. We don't have anyone in the peanut gallery. That's strange. Yeah, It feels empty in here, doesn't it, today? I feel like I have more breathing room. <laughs> this is that lobsters becoming the size of their tank thing. <laughs> Julie's sitting big. <laughs> sitting wide. Hey, I'm not wide. I'm out front. <laughs> On this week's show, Julie Martin has a store tour segment for us where she'll be discussing shopping in Disneyland. Corey Martin will give us an update on some more information on the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. And Kevin Close will be telling us about the Party for the Senses, also at Epcot. All that plus roundtable rapid fire and much, much more. Let's start with some housekeeping. First of all, I want to say uh, I'm sorry that the show was late this week. We had some scheduling conflicts, but we also had to take a day off to celebrate Corey's birthday. Yay. Happy birthday, Corey. Oh, yay. The stamp will be coming off. out soon. Become <laughs> <laughs> everyone's stamp. It's an official holiday. Did you do anything good? I worked, and then I went and ate my weight in sushi last night. That's I'm not thing. even joking. The poor girl, we've never had her before at our favorite place. And she kept saying, so is that going to be all? I'm like, look, you've never had them before. You don't understand. <laughs> ordering a lot more. Was it an all-you-can-eat place or was it by the piece? Uh, it was by the piece. Ooh, they do have a happy hour for from 5 to 7. So he did get a deal on some of his pieces. Yeah. I can't, I can't have enough sushi. I'm addicted to it. An ocean of sushi, did you? No, <laughs> no sustainable fish for Corey. Yeah, really. Um, I also wanted to uh, apologize for those of you who were upset because we weren't saying that we were from Orlando, Florida, the Bob Valley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I just left it out of my spiel. He did it on purpose. It wasn't like we moved people. <laughs> we were still here. It wasn't like we were on a submarine, you know, traveling around the world. And also, I believe we do have some prizes or a prize to give away this week. Should we save it for the end of the show, Julie, or should we? we oh, no, do away. it now. Or we didn't give one away last week, so. Should we do it early? Sure. What happens if they stop listening after the prize? <laughs> well, it's only one person, so <laughs> only he'll stop listening. Oh, it's a Is this the man who didn't uh, contact you in the past? No, no. He just contacted me after the show oh. last week, so. But he's our September randomly selected winner from the email, uh, you know, the emails that we've read. His name is Dan Pick, and he chose number two. Number two. You have won three days, two nights at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, courtesy of Dreams Unlimited Travel. Approximate value of this prize is $500. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Yay. Yay. Excellent wow. prize. Yeah, we haven't given away that stay in a while. They've been mostly Gaylord and that Animal Kingdom one. Mm-hmm. Where do they have to stay? They stay in the boiler room? Yeah, <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> and their nights can't be consecutive, right? Right. <laughs> Excellent. If you're wondering how um, you get to uh, the opportunity to pick a number on our prize matron, 
what we do is once a month we pick a random drawing from our uh, emails or voicemails that we play during the, the shows during the week. And um, that person gets to pick a number. Or if you send in a review of a ride show attraction event, do you hear music or is it just me? <laughs> sound effect. Is that Mary Shaven Carpenter? Wait. <laughs> is that Kevin's theme music? Wait, I'll stop. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought I had it on. No, musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to go back to what I was saying, if you send in a review of a ride show attraction or event and we play that on the show, um, you're able to pick a number. And sometimes we just randomly let people pick numbers. So... That's how you're, you can get a crack at the Prismatron in case you were wondering. You're just full of sound effects today, aren't you? <laughs> yes, you just heard a sip. Did yeah. you just do a gurgle noise, too? Yeah. I'm really sorry. You know, it has <laughs> been away for three weeks and it's falling apart, isn't it? <laughs> it used to be a nice, crisp show. and now it's... Can you Are... edit that out? No. No, we're not but going I to won't. edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I have one more piece of housekeeping that uh, I almost forgot to mention. We received two um, boxes at our uh, mailbox for the Diz Unplugged this past week, and we wanted to say thank you f- to some folks who have sent us some some items. The first one is from Jackie, who is Chicky on the boards, and she sent us a variety of meats and cheeses, which you can't have enough meats and cheeses, in my opinion, um, from the Oberlay... Oberlay Meats and... Yep. It is on um, Highway 32 in St. Geneva, Missouri. And it had a whole bunch of stuff in there. It had, some, had pork loin and cheese and other stuff. So we really appreciate that, appreciate that Jackie. That's very, very cool. And we, Yes, thank you, Jackie. We also received some brownies from Melissa Cruz, uh, who is Cruz family on the boards. And they were homemade brownies. We really appreciate those. They were good. Where, yeah. where do they? Everybody gets the idea that we love food. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I, Melissa, I got the corner pieces. <laughs> I want to read uh, Melissa's letter that she included with the brownies. I just want to say thank you all for everything you do for us. To show my gratitude, here are some of my homemade caramel pecan brownies. My husband thinks you guys won't eat them because they are from a stranger. I told them you were all just as strange as me and would eat just about anything that has chocolate in it, regardless of where it came from. <laughs> Kevin, and I, Kevin, I've included plenty of the end pieces for your enjoyment. I only hope they are worthy of your refined palate. If you do enjoy them and would like the recipe, I would be happy to share it with you uh, for a shot at the prize, Matron. Just kidding. Uh, you guys and girls, take care, and I look forward to meeting you all at the podcast on the podcast cruise, Melissa. Melissa, thank you very cool. much. Yeah, that's cool. We did eat them, believe them, believe it oh, or not, we good. really did. They are good. And Melissa and I have this thing going back and forth. At one time, she questioned whether my palate was refined or not, and it be it's become sort of a joke between us. So that's why she's mm-hmm. questioning if these were refined enough. <laughs> and just if anybody else is going to send us anything, we may not eat everything you send. Because now you know we're just gluttons and we'll, we'll eat. So, <laughs> those of you who are trying to poison us. Try these pig's feet. <laughs> oh. Excellent. That'll do it for housekeeping. All right. Let's move on. Let's go to Julie Martin, who has a store tour segment for us. I don't want to do that. Are we not doing news or rapid Oh, you know what? Fire? That would be good, too. <laughs> 
mean, that's fine if you want me to go first. <laughs> no, it's all right. Okay, so don't blame it all on me. Oh, man. So now we're not in Orlando. Yeah, really. <laughs> we're not in the right format. I don't know what we're doing. Okay, so I guess we're going to start with the news. I have one news story this week. And the only reason why I have one news story is because it's a pretty big one. And there's a lot of information, so I didn't want to bring extra news stories. Uh, on October 6th, uh, Disney Cruise Line has announced their 2010 cruise itineraries. 2010 cruises will be available to book on October 14th. Um, in addition to the regular Eastern and Western cruises uh, in 2010, Disney is going to be offering some very special cruises for the summer of 2010. These include two 14-night transatlantic sailings, alternating 10- and 11-night Mediterranean sailings, two 12-night Northern European cruises, and two repositioning cruises while over in Europe to take the ship back and forth from the Mediterranean to Northern Europe. Um, There's going to be other special cruises in 2010. These will be an 11- and 10-night Southern Caribbean cruise, both in December, as well as two seven-night cruises in December aboard the Disney Wonder. Um, that also helps to sort of balance out the idea that the Magic will be doing these 10- and 11-night cruises. Uh, in addition, the Wonder will be doing five-night sailings in the summer of 2010, and these will alternate between four- and five-night sailings for that summer. Uh, we have not heard about land sea vacations yet. We understand that these will not be announced until well after October 14th. Um, pretty exciting stuff. We love the fact that Disney's going to new, new and different places. Very cool. Um, it's does, nice that they're shaking up not only the itinerary, but the length of the itineraries. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, I think these, uh, you had started to talk about um, the 12 night being an exciting itinerary. It's a very exciting itinerary. Let me see. I think I've got everything here, so let's see if we can give people an idea of what's going to happen. The 12-night is going to go to Oslo, Norway, Copenhagen, Denmark, someplace in Germany that I'm not going to try to pronounce, (laughs) St. Petersburg, Russia, Helsinki, Finland, Stockholm, Sweden, and then return to Dover. Yeah, I told Corey that one sounded good to me. It sounds really good, and we've got um, pricing... Up on the site, Disney has released preliminary pricing. These are expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are yes. crazy expensive. Uh, six category six staterooms start at fifty two hundred dollars per person. Wow. Well, so, you know, it's not cheap mm-hmm. to go to Helsinki. Really no. <laughs> good. Good for you if you can afford it. We hope a lot of people can afford it and can book it. And they sound exciting. What I think is really cool is the I like these those seven night repo cruises. The seven and the eight night. Seven night starts in Gibraltar, goes to Spain, Portugal, and then arrives in Dover, England. And then the eight night brings you back, and there's a stop in France as well along the way. So I think that's pretty exciting, too. Mm-hmm. But then with that, you, now you have to book two different airfares. You have to book two different yeah. ports. Correct. So that adds a lot to your cost as well. There's a lot of talk about this on the boards. A lot of people are discussing it and what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. Someone has a really good poll up on the board. What do you want to do? And it seems that the 12-night cruise is the most popular. However, it's a tie between that and uh, I. it's too expensive for me, I think, is what, what ties up, <laughs> basically. So either The people, other winner. <laughs> exactly. People are either going for broke and booking the most expensive one, or they can't afford any of these. I think the transatlantic cruises, 
as we've seen in the past, were relatively bargains. They're relative bargains. Mm-hmm. Now, you do have to pay airfare home, but the actual voyage itself is, I believe someone said, about the same, just a little bit more expensive than a four-night sailing. I have, a, I have the pricing in front of me. Let me see if I can find um, the repositioning cruise. Well, the 14-night repositioning cruises are actually starting at nine ninety nine per person for a Category 11 stateroom. That's pretty yeah. good. Well, they learned their lesson from last year. Last year, yeah. they were these incredible prices, and then nobody booked it, yeah. so they had to put them on sale. You really have to enjoy your sea days. Yeah, you really do. Because yeah. there's I like do. 13 of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much every day is a sea day. Let me see if I can find the 14-night itinerary. What does airfare generally run to do something like that? Some people were saying that they've already started to look into airfare, which I don't know how they could for 2010. Maybe they have something, they know something, I don't know. But they're saying that um, you're looking at paying as much for airfare as you are for the cruise, right? $6,000 per person for airfare. So it's very expensive. The 14 night is actually going to do, let's look at looking at the one coming back. Uh, Starts in Barcelona, goes to Gibraltar, UK, Portugal, St. Martin. Tortola. Yeah, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Between Gibraltar and St. Martin, there is a lot of water. (laughs) a lot of time. Well, maybe he goes really fast. (laughs) Imagine he does. Maybe he puts it into hyperspeed or something. But Ludicrous speed. I don't know what that's from. (laughs) Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. I saw that movie. So we're very excited about these new itineraries. I'm really excited about the five and the four night. Disney Wonder Sailings. I think someone could put together a really cool back-to-back cruise for the summer. The people who are worried about the magic being away and not and wanting to, to travel out of Port Canaveral. That's a lot of trips to Nassau. <laughs> yeah, so once you go to Nassau, then the next time you stay on the boat. You really gotta like Nassau. <laughs> I'm with Kevin on that one. Yeah, but then it's like you know, eight trips to Castaway Key. And people love eight Castaway Key, right? That's true. You probably get a Good couple trips to Castaway Key out of that. So we are very, very happy. We're very excited that Disney Cruise Line has done this early enough so that people have the chance to think about it and do some research and figure out if this is correct for their families so that they can try to book it ahead of time. And Yeah, we really have to give them the, the applause this time. They gave us a week's notice and pricing. Yay! Yeah. Right? And they gave us the actual itineraries and everything. I mean, this is this is big for Disney. You know, we never get this stuff in advance. One of the things, though, that's interesting about these pricing is that the price that they've listed doesn't include government taxes and fees as usual. Plus, it doesn't include a fuel fuel surcharge, which is assessed at $8 per day for the first two guests in the stateroom and $3 per day for additional guests in the same stateroom. Does the extra guests, they only use like, one-fifth more gas than the first and second guest. <laughs> Why don't they just build that into the price? Yeah. I don't understand yeah, yeah, it's it. ridiculous. It's, Nickel and dime, yeah. That's the complaint a lot of people are saying, well, come on, now, now I have to try to figure out what my fuel surcharge is going to be, and yeah. it just seems kind of silly. But let's see how it goes. Next week we're going to be uh, uh, up to our eyeballs in cruises, so let's see how that works out. Um, I want to give people a little bit of advice, or I like to... Uh, request that people don't make multiple reservations for these cruises. Uh, if you have one way you want to book your cruise, whether through a travel agent or on your own, 
Don't ask multiple travel agencies to make your cruise reservation for you. Don't make it yourself and have a travel agent make it. You're just going to drive the price of these cruises up. For people who don't know what that means, I'm going to explain it. You go right ahead. Disney works on a tier pricing. As the available space on the Disney ship fills, the price increases. So for every time you book an additional stateroom, all you're doing is driving the price up. Disney starts at price or tier zero. As the price goes up, at no point, unless they're going to give travel agent rates, Florida resident rates, or cast member rates. Or, or sell the cruise really cheap like they do the transatlantic ones. Really. Does the price come down? Right. So what you're doing is by booking multiple staterooms, you're making Disney very happy. Because what you're doing is then driving the price up for everyone. And no one's going to get a better deal then. No one's going to get a good deal. If you book four staterooms, you're really just being selfish. In order for you to make sure that you get the stateroom you want, what you're doing is you're taking not only taking that chance away from someone else to get a good price, you're taking that chance away from everybody. So be polite. You're also going to tie up phone lines. You're going to tie up people's time for that, trying to get you that reservation that you're probably not going to book. So please, please be considerate of other people when booking these cruises. Also, don't hold multiple staterooms. Don't hold different categories while you decide. Try to make a decision as soon as possible. You have a whole week before they're sold. I agree. Anything else you want to say on the subject? Probably in the way home in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Without a mic on you. Excellent. That's all I wanted to talk about in news today. I thought this was a pretty big story and we're excited for that to to happen next week so we can get some cruises booked. Um, Let's move on to Rapid Fire. Who wants to go first? I will. You go. Okay. Now it's going to be time for the Chalk Disneyland Resort Walk in the Park 5K Walk. That's the Children's Hospital of Orange County. It's going to be taking October 21st of this year. They're going to raise money for the hospital, and they'll give walkers a unique opportunity to walk through the Disneyland Park as well as Disney's California Adventure Park before they officially open for the day. After the walk, festivities are going to be underway at Downtown Disney, where shops, restaurants, and booths are going to offer more fun for everyone. That sounds so Disney. (laughs) In addition, the Disneyland Resort is going to offer um, wristbands to the walkers with a specially priced one-day Disneyland Resort Park Hopper ticket to return to the park or to Disney's California Adventure Park. So that's kind of nice. So they just get to walk through the park now the rides are open? No, it's not open at all. <sighs> but the walk is for a good cause. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's nice because it will benefit the Children's Hospital of Orange County. So for those of you who live in the area, you should go out and participate. I know that I think it was this past weekend or this past week, the Susan G. Komen walk was at Disney World. They had there like 7,000 people. There. people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really big. So I hope they raised a lot of money. There's one thing Disney does right, and it's their... Um, uh, philanthropic pursuits and a lot of that can be uh, attributed to the cast members. They do a great job of helping out local charities and things that are deserving. Right. Thank you, Miss Julie. Corey, what do you have? I just want to mention, I know we've uh, talked about ice at Gaylord Palms a lot and how we've said that you can go ice skating. They're not doing ice skating this year. <gasps> They're just doing the winter wonderland. Yeah. So just want to let people know. I don't want you to be let down when you go there. So- Leave your skates home. Yeah. yeah. Since lots of people in Florida own skates. <laughs> <laughs> Last year when we did it, we basically had the whole uh, place to ourselves. I didn't do it for very long. No. I didn't like it. Don't we have a video of Bob 
Yes. I escape. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, he's more holding on to the wall. <laughs> That's what you would Ice holding. <laughs> no, he did. I mean, he was better than I was, but I got off those things. I would have killed myself. There's nowhere else that like ice skate, is there? Well, there are places in Florida. There's a place in Kissimmee that isn't. It's indoors, but (laughs) it's hard to get the lakes to freeze. Ice skate and sweat (laughs) (laughs) in your shorts and mittens. (laughs) Do you remember when they had it at Downtown Disney Mm -hmm. around Christmas? Because I I remember when we'd come down, my kids would always go there and ice skate. That was on the fake ice. Do you remember when they had that synthetic ice? It was like polypropylene ice. Yeah. You were afraid that if anybody smoked near it, it was going. (laughs) I mean, I'm not athletic at all. Ask Corey. I can't skate on four wheels, much less a thin blade. (laughs) I used to ice skate all the time. Not not the fancy stuff, but I could make my way around. But as I got older, that sort of, you know. I put that hobby aside. It's fun. I had a good time. You realize you're too attached to your hips. (laughs) (laughs) I just pictured John ice skating with harp music playing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Used to skate on the lake. I grew up on a lake in New Jersey, and we used to go out skating. And then you sort of do that thing where you pushed it a little too far, and you got to the point in the lake where it made that moaning noise. (laughs) (laughs) Turn back, turn back. (laughs) (laughs) I would never. I used to do it on Emily Pond. Not that that makes any difference to anyone. Isn't that a Walden book? (laughs) (laughs) I always think of the movie It's a Wonderful Life when they fall through the ice. My kids did that on the lake in Pennsylvania, dancing or skating to the Jurassic Park music, and they thought that was so, you know, dramatic. Of course. (laughs) Gosh. Thank you, Corey. Kevin, what do you have? I have a couple of different things. We went to the, the sale at Celebration. It was Disney's liquidation sale. It was last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I have to tell you that people behaved like animals. I was embarrassed for humanity. That's bad. <laughs> we went on Friday afternoon, and there were about 300 people in line. Now, I have to blame Disney for some of this. They didn't have shopping bags or shopping carts, or they gave everybody a great big cardboard box. This was in the celebration school gymnasium. Now, this was also, it opened at 6 p.m. We got there mm, quarter to six. There were 300 people waiting in line outside to get into the sale. It was nuts. Once they opened the door, it was like they were giving away money. People were snatching at stuff. People were hitting each other. People were throwing things. It It was actually disgusting hitting each other yeah one lady said to my mother in a wheelchair they shouldn't allow wheelchairs in here it's too crowded oh, i oh. thought we were going to have to pull my mom off this woman she said that we then heard her say to another guest you should take your child in a stroller and leave it was wow. this was the, this was the level of behavior as you walked around now i'm six foot five as you walked around, you could watch. People were carrying large, heavy-duty cardboard boxes as their shopping devices. And then they were hitting each other in the heads with them. Then you would see a mother and a child trying to hold this shopping basket box and try and make their way through aisles that were already crowded. There were fights. There were screaming. And I think to myself, is any of this worth no. a, right. a, a Hannah Montana guitar? Tell people what they were selling. What the kind of stuff they were selling? There was... It was basically the stuff that Disney can't sell in the park. They're not selling the really good stuff at 70% off. 
There was a lot of stuff from the Flower and Garden Festival that had no Disney markings on it whatsoever. These were the tchotchkes that they sell in garden centers. There was a lot of Disney clothing and T-shirts, a lot of Hannah Montana stuff, a lot of high school musical stuff. But again, it's not the stuff that anybody really wanted or it wouldn't be 70% off. There was a lot of stuff from the West, Western, um, uh, the... The repositioning cruise. What was the other cruises? The West Coast cruises. I can't right. think of what it was called. A lot of stuff from the West Coast cruises with you dates buy diesel, on them. Right. So, you know, you've got stuff that's now dated or... If you didn't go, why would you want that? Right. A picture frame or a cup or something, you think? A lot of 2007 scrapbooks and photo albums. And I'm telling you that these were still four or five bucks. I'm sorry. It's a two thousand dollar or a two thousand seven scrapbook. Get your magic marker and change that seven to an eight. <laughs> and people were snatching at these like you know they were hungry or something. Now, was any of this stuff broken? Because I know a property control, you're like you're buying a, a Donald Duck with a broken arm. No, nope. you know? everything's in really good shape. The clothes are clean. Everything yeah. is look, brand new. The stuff has got tags on it. It has the original tags on it. And then you take 70% off that price and it's listed. There's a sign up that says, here's what the price is going to be. The funniest thing I thought they were selling, do you know the monster from Star Wars that, and I forget, I think it's the second one that he fought, that he falls through the floor with Jabba the Hutt, and there's a monster downstairs. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, but I don't know his name. Exactly. So there's this obscure character from an obscure Star Wars movie, yeah. and people are buying five and six of them. I'm like, what are you going to do with those? You're going to give that to your kid who probably doesn't even know what that is. Exactly. Oh, I bet you a lot of it went up on eBay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> It just doesn't seem worth it. Do you think it was a lot of locals there or, mm. or guests mm-hmm. from out of A lot of locals. Of the area. They were selling deflated basketballs. And people were snatching at these basketballs. One lady actually screamed at me, I can't reach these. And there was probably 4,000 of them. <laughs> And I, I, I moved out of her way, and she had this box, and she was like using her arm to shovel these into the box. <laughs> and I thought... Is there a basketball shortage where you live? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're familiar with celebration, right? It's yeah. a, a part of the part of the culture is that they try to be green, and people have electric golf carts, and that's how they get around. Well, the shot, the parking lot was mostly these electric golf carts, so as a lot of locals went, um, I don't know what they were thinking or why they were going, but it was just bizarre. It seemed a lot of the people in Celebration were buying 2007 scrapbooks. <laughs> Tell them what else we saw that day. We were walking around downtown Celebration. We lasted in the sale, I'm going to guess, 15 minutes. And it was, it was so bad. And they just kept pushing more people in. It was so bad in there that we finally just left. And as we were walking around downtown, I just want you to know, we were standing in, uh, right by the lake in downtown Celebration. And there was a crowd of people. I'm when, I cry, when I say a crowd of people, I'm talking 15 people all bunched together. And we watched an alligator about six feet from the shoreline swimming back and forth. And as people would get closer to the water, the alligator came closer. Oh, jeez. And I talked to a man. And he said, oh, we come and visit with the alligator all the time. This alligator is in the lake. It's at Celebration. Now, I, I took a picture with my iPhone with the Celebration Hotel in the background. Mm-hmm. So for those doubters out there who think that there are no alligators anywhere near Disney property or near Disney and in any of the uh, waterways at Disney, I want you to know that this is not true. 
They're everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everywhere there's water. If there's standing fresh water, there's a good chance that there's something in it. Very good. Thank you, Kevin. I don't have a rapid fire this week. How about you, Will? I just have a... Uh, I released another video tutorial online. Um, and I basically tell... Uh, how to make a tire table. How to make a tire table. <laughs> there you go. How to change your oil. Now, how to... Oh, uh, I'd watch that. <laughs> how to balance your checkbook. No, I don't do that. <laughs> now, I, I basically just show uh, a free website that you can crop and resize a photo, like if you don't have any photo Photoshop or any photo editing software, but uh, you want to use a photo for maybe a signature, an avatar on the boards. So I just kind of explained that. So go check that out. It's in the Welcome to the Diz. They're really helpful. It's a lot easier to watch, uh, you know, watch these videos and somebody typing it or trying to explain it to you through email or something. Are you on camera? No. Oh. It's just your hand. He's behind it? the mic. You and just on the mouse. see like my mouse <laughs> yeah. move and everything. I, I got an email from uh, somebody who watched it and said she wrote it all down by hand, like listened to it, wrote it down, and then went back and did it, and it was real helpful. So we've got a couple emails from people who are happy about the uh, one you did to record the MP3s. Yeah, I think so. you need to do a tutorial about how to find the tutorials. We <laughs> 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 got an email in the podcast account. She's like, I feel silly. <laughs> I can't I find sent, the tutorial. I sent her a link, but uh, I mean, people are wanting them to be sticky somewhere else. We'll have to figure something out about that. Yeah. There's a link in my signature, too. Um, if you see me post on the boards, there's. Yeah, well, then people have to find a post by you. We're trying to get it somewhere so it's permanent. Make it a sticky. Yeah. Like, we don't have enough of them. I know. That's, <laughs> the whole first page will be sticky. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, there you go. Thank you, Will. Kathy, about you? I have one. Um, my daughter worked with this uh, cast member at Disney, and the family was successful. The, the girl died. There's a local road here. Um, it's Highway 27, and they call it Bloody 27. And there's been a lot of accidents on that road. And this Heather Hurd was going down the road back in January, and um, she was on the way to meet her Disney wedding planner. And this gentleman driving a tractor trailer was texting on his cell phone at the same time, and traffic had stopped while he didn't, and he ran his tractor trailer over her car. And the family was down here to help her do the um, wedding planning, and instead they got a phone call saying that she had, you know, passed away. They, you know, but it had taken them like four hours to find out where she was because they were waiting for her. But the family got a billboard up on Highway 27 with her picture. And their mission, the family has really dedicated themselves to making it their mission to make driving safer, whether it's Highway 27 or around the United States. So they've set up a website, and it's www4, the number 4, Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R dot com, that talks a little bit about um, Heather and her days at Disney. And and be sure to have a box of tissues with you because there's some real tearjerker, like the story of her life and things like that in there. Um, There's some petitions to uh, for everybody to sign saying, you know, that they want to see lawmakers do more to get people to quit talking on their cell phones or texting when they're driving. And trust me, I used to be in safety and I see more people doing more things in their cars that, you know, you need to be driving. So don't let another cast member die or anybody die, you know. Drive safely and, and sign their petition. That was the reason for that train accident was the guy was texting. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I have a good friend in Chicago. Her 19-year-old cousin was killed. He was texting. I mean, you need you have to look down at your phone when you're text messaging. Mm. You can't I pay mean, attention to the road. Right. I mean, you, 
Some people can text blindly, but I mean, you well, have, you you have to look at your phone. phone. It's ridiculous. You can't feel the buttons. There's there's no. nothing there, so you have. I don't to look. Usually to dial, dial the, the phone right, right because it, it, on a cell phone, and I'm not advocating this for anybody, but I used to be able to. I used to have one button dialing, and you glance away to hit that one button, and you could dial a phone number. With an iPhone, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You literally have to either keep touching the same screen, and I can't imagine text messaging. Yeah. While driving the car, There's more and more of these phones are coming out too. You s- I see them all the time. New touchscreen models. I mean, they're left yeah. and right. They're coming. On the out news, now. they did a poll and said that um, texting kills more people than drunk driving these days. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Well, don't text and drive. Thanks for that information, Kathy. We'll put a, a link up to that on the show notes page so people can go and sign those petitions. I think that's an important yes uh, something people should be aware of and participating in. All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire. So now we can really move on to Julie Martin's store tour segment. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to skip that. That was like 20 minutes of the show I almost skipped. <laughs> Miss Julie, what do you have for us? Well, as you all know, when we were in California, I did the theme parks as well as downtown Disney. And California Adventure has been covered, so I thought Disneyland would be appropriate to do next. I'm going to start in Fantasyland, which is one of my favorite lands. They only have uh, four shops here, which I was a little disappointed. I expected more. They have Once Upon a Time, which is the Disney princess shop, where they have every princess costume imaginable, plus all the accessories, including books and dolls and all sorts of things like that. Uh, The Mad Hatter, which is located right next to the Alice in Wonderland ride. They sell your Mickey ears and other hats here, and you can also have your name stitched onto your ears. Then there's the Princess Fantasy Fair, This is located over towards the entrance to Toontown, and it's basically where you go and meet each princess. You can have your photo taken. You can also um, get dressed up at the Royal Wardrobe. No, it's thy Royal Wardrobe, excuse me. It's similar to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. It's all outside. And then you can find a princess costume, any accessories you want, and they also paint um, the girls' faces. It's kind of... uh, I guess fantasy, like kind of fairy looking to me. It's not an actual character or anything like that. But they don't do hair and things. Yes, hair. Outside? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's underneath like a pavilion area where the stage is where you go and meet the princesses. It's a huge pavilion. And it's like off to the side. Okay. But yes, it's outdoors. <laughs> it's not uncovered. No. Okay. <laughs> You're going to be sitting in the rain <laughs> getting your hair done. They've, they've got a folding lawn chair and a hose. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's set up very nice. You know, they have little... Uh, Barber style chairs and mirrors and things like that, and little books for the girls to flip through and look at and see which one they want to be. And then they also have something called the Brave Knight dress up package, where a little boy can get dressed up with a short and a short, a sword and shield. John, I think I caught your disease. Short in the stone. <laughs> which I thought was really neat. And then they have a castle heraldry shop. They sell family crests, swords, jewelry, and fine glassware here. Now, over in Tomorrowland, you'll find two shops. They have the Star Trader, which is the biggest store that they have over in Tomorrowland. All your Disneyland Resort merchandise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Grumpy, for men, women, and children. You can also get Makey Ears here, as well as other types of hats, toys, candy. They have a make-your-own necklace station, and they have a huge room dedicated to Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars costumes, toys, everything you could possibly imagine. Did they have that monster that they were selling? I ran. <laughs> I didn't even want to go in. I just kind of looked. I was like, what do they have in there? 
She just wrote down general Star Wars stuff <laughs> and moved on. I wouldn't know anyway if like what it really was. <laughs> so now at this um, location, the name that you have stitched on, they have a, a much bigger setup than the Mad Hatter. And, of course, your name is stitched for free with the purchase of your ears. Okay, then over in Tomorrow Landing, this is a much smaller shop where they sell specifically Mickey ears and hats. And here they're going to offer two different types of font to have stitched onto the back of your hat. There's a kid's font, which looks like a little kid wrote it, and then they also have a script. It's much nicer than the normal one, you know, like one thread stitch they do on the back of the hat. And it costs $7 per line. You can have up to two lines. You can choose from pink, gold, or black thread. I really liked it. I sat there and talked to the guy for a while, and he was showing me the different fonts and how they do it and everything. So if you have the extra money to spend, do that. Now, over in Toontown, there's uh, one shop called The Gag Factory. Everything, Disneyland 2008 merchandise. They have Minnie Mouse, Grumpy, and then also just Disneyland Resort merchandise. You can create your own ear hat here which is where you pick like the, the, the part that goes on your head first. The crown. Yeah, the crown. And then you can choose your ears, and you can even choose like different patches or stickers or whatever you want to go onto the hat. They have all colors and varieties. Including lime green Mickey ears. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. I'd never uh, seen that before. And then we also have a Create Your Own Mr. Potato Head section, which I kind of wanted to do, but I didn't. How am I going to get Mr. Potato Head home? And then candy pins, other uh, accessories uh, for pen trading, scrapbooking materials, uh, kitchenware, disposable cameras, film, and memory cards. I just want to say, people that use disposable cameras, it makes me sad for them. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Julie has camera pity. She does. Every time I see one, like I saw someone on TV using one, like a celebrity. And I'm thinking, don't you have the money to buy a digital camera? I don't think that's it. I think it's more along the lines of they don't want to carry this expensive camera with them. And these are easy. And nowadays, these disposable ones, you can get them, your, your digital put on a disc. Yeah, but I just think the photos are just not as clear and as, mm. as crisp as you, you know. I always have to look at the picture after I take it. I know. Yeah. I can't imagine not being able to see My it. My dad uses those. And I'm like... How do you how do you know you even want to develop those pictures? You, know, you can't see them. You That's why right, they're like prepaid. You are so, <laughs> you are so young. <laughs> do you know at one time you didn't get to see no, your no. pictures? He's, he's big, he was big into uh, like black and white photography and you know. They're also was, a nice thing for people who have forgotten their camera. Oh well, definitely. You, know? you don't I mean, want to buy an expensive camera on vacation, but. I just do. I feel bad for you. You are so going to get emails. <laughs> I can't wait. This is Julie. They're going to send you pictures too now. <laughs> exactly. Proven to you. Yeah. Hey, to each their own. I can still feel no, bad. And then we're going to move on to Frontierland, which is one of my favorite lands as well. We have Pioneer Mercantile, which is a huge shop over there. They have women's character merchandise where you can find T-shirts, shoes, purses, undergarments, and hats, all with Disney-related characters and things on them and then once you move through that room over into the next one you'll find disneyland resort grumpy merchandise uh, this is also for men women and children they have western wear by billabong which doesn't make sense to me billabong is known for like surfer kind of gear you yeah. know but i swear they have like these western shirts like with the you know the snaps down the front and like the little swirlies on the pockets you know it's like western fubu wear <laughs> yeah really <laughs> Oh, you can find your Mickey ears here where they will 
do the stitching on the hat where they have the regular stitch or the fancy, as I mentioned before. Coonskin caps, uh, personalized leather accessories like bracelets and keychains, and even little cell phone straps that you can attach to your phone. And then over across the street, they have the Westward Ho Trading Co. And that's H-O, for those of you who are thinking other words. <laughs> this is for pins and pin accessories. It's a, very, it's a small H-O-E. store. It's a small store, so. It's a gardening, the gardening store? Yeah, I thought they... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the locusts. It's a now, over in Adventureland, they have the Adventureland Bazaar, where you're going to find all sorts of Indiana Jones toys and merchandise. They have the Enchanted Tiki Room merchandise, which, by the way, was celebrating its 45th anniversary while we were there. It looks 45 years old. I'm older than the Tiki Room. <laughs> in the Indiana Jones stuff, did they have the Indiana Jones walker? <laughs> they did have um, walking sticks. <laughs> oh. The Fallout refrigerator. <laughs> oh, they also have animal plush pillows, which are basically pillows that look like animals. They have alligators, tigers, lions, all sorts of different animals, anything you can imagine. Basically, they have some Disneyland Resort merchandise, not a whole lot, and then they have these those plush monkeys, you know, with the Velcro hands that you can like attach to yourself. Lots of kids were wearing those. Then over at the South Sea Traders, this is where you're going to find more of your surfer gear like Quicksilver, Roxy, Paul Frank, Billabong, and O'Neill. And they have shell or wood jewelry, and then they sell Ray-Ban sunglasses here. The last shop is the Indiana Jones Adventure Outpost, where you can find your walking stick. And then you'll find the hats, the toys, t-shirts, necklaces. I mean, anything to do with Indiana Jones is in this shop. Toy whips. Yeah. Uh, Everything. Indiana. They even have real ones. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana Jones Adventure now is he can get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Early Bird Special. <laughs> now, moving on to Main Street, which is one of the busier areas with the most shops, and most of the shops are connected. You know, you can move from shop to shop without having to actually exit onto the sidewalk. The first one is the Disney Showcase. We're going to find... All kinds of costumes. I'm assuming they had mostly costumes because it was closer, getting close to Halloween. They have Hannah Montana, High School Musical, a little Nemo one. They had a squirt. Oh, it was so cute. I would totally dress our son in a squirt outfit. (laughs) The little turtle. Then they have Cars, Buzz Lightyear, Star Wars, and Pirate and Princess. For those of you who can't see, Julie rolled her eyes. (laughs) Star Wars. (laughs) Now, they also have an Art of Disneyland shop it's a limited engagement featuring disney art so we don't know how long it'll actually be there so if you're over in the area check it out uh, the mad hatter which is exactly like the mad hatter located over by alice in wonderland you can find your mickey ears and hats and have your name stitched on the back and moving on to main street magic this is where steve martin worked and I-, I was kind of intrigued just to know that he had actually started out there i've read his uh autobiography they have magic sets, tricks, books, games, hats, and ventriloquist dolls. And then at certain times of the day, they have a real live magician on duty who does little magic tricks for guests, which is really cool. But he wasn't there when we were there. It's nice that they've kept that. Yeah. That's one thing Disneyland does that we like, or I like a lot, is that they keep the nostalgia of the older stuff and don't. At one time on Main Street, they had a ladies' undergarment store. Well, apparently, you can buy ladies' underwear everywhere. <laughs> no, this now. was all this old. Oh. Yeah, they actually would measure you, and mm-hmm. it was, oh, wow. yeah, like made to fit your body, custom. 
And then you sort of like your fantasy here. land. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, fantasy. you could have your name embroidered on your bra. <laughs> sure. In different fonts. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the bra. Is that where Steve Martin got started? Yeah. <laughs> Measuring women for He was a bra embroiderer. Now, the store right next to the 20th Century, I mean, to the Main Street Magic, is the 20th Century Music Company. You're going to find Disney movies, music, and books here. It's a much smaller shop. Disney Anna would be the next one. They have uh, Disney figurines by Jim Shore, Precious Moments, Lennox, and Robert Olszewski. I hope I said that right. And then they also offer custom framing here. They enchanted Tiki Room merchandise because of the 45th anniversary going on. I mean, they have bracelets, they have T-shirts, they have everything enchanted Tiki Room. And I had to sit through that show twice in one day. It was torture. Oh, it's a piece of history. <laughs> it's a piece of something. <laughs> Those little flowers that sing in there. <laughs> you can hear them moving. It's like click, 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 That's the part I like the best. <laughs> oh. And they also have Disney art and shadow boxes, books and music. The Market House is a candy shop. Candy, coffee, cookies, chocolate, kitchenware, and mugs can be found there. And then across the street from there would be uh, Disney Clothiers Limited, your Disneyland and character clothing for men, women, and children. And they also offer women's purses, jewelry, shoes, and wallets. Do you find, like, the houseware stuff is all the same stuff you can get here? Yes. Yeah, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, different, some, some different clothing and things like that, but... As far as kitchen, it's basically all the it's same. It's all that same with that white, and white, white and blue, yeah. yeah. Or it's like white, yellow, and red, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. with the Mickey on it. So, then you have the Crystal Arts Shop. You'll find Swarovski, Shannon, and Arebus Crystal, and they do offer engraving at the store. The Silhouette Studio, which is basically a closet, it is so tiny to get it, you can't get in and out of there because people the size are of this constantly round table. yeah in there, but. That's where they do the silhouettes. It's ten ninety five for the frame, and then nine dollars for each face inside the frame. I mean, they were packed when we went through there. We couldn't even get a good shot of the store. Well, it sounds like two people would pack it. Yeah, it really. And there are two people working in there. So plus the two people they're trying to make the silhouette of. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, it gets a little crazy. The China Closet is right next to the Silhouette Studio. Of course, you're going to find more glass Disney figurines, frames. They sell blankets here as well as mugs and a small selection of Christmas ornaments. The largest store on Main Street is the Disneyland Emporium. Their window displays are, are excellent. I so enjoy just looking at the different window displays. And then when you walk into the store, if you look up towards the ceiling, they have like these old turn-of-the-century like uh, shop scenes. Like in one, you see like a little boy getting his hair cut. Yeah. Um, there's a, a woman shopping. You can tell their dress is turn of the century. So be sure to look up. Take in the whole store. I mean, I know people go in there and they're like, I want this or I want that. I want those deflated basketballs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lady in Epcot who has 300 of them. <laughs> but that's the one shop I would say take your time and really absorb what is in the shop other than the merchandise. So we're going to find Disneyland merchandise. This is your headquarters to find Whatever you want there. They have a huge selection of stuffed characters and Disneyland Railroad merchandise as well as toys. And like I said, be sure to look up. At the Emporium in Walt Disney World, their windows have been the same since like 1940. (laughs) They don't change them very often. However, the candy shop across the street, I've noticed that they're very creative. Mm -hmm. At one time, they had made the princess dresses out of different kind of candy bars. 
um, the ruffles were like all one kind of candy bar, and they were all color coded, so you knew which princess dress you were looking at, and it was just made out of the individual candy bars. I think that's pretty creative. Yeah, they probably maybe they have more time to do their window. I have no idea. The rest of the people in the emporium are probably stocking and restocking all those. You know. Well, there's that then that Pocahontas window. Well, I mean, they're a little more complicated too because they're these. They're animatronic. They're animatronic dioramas, so they're kind of telling a story. So. I think 10 years is long enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you, because I, I enjoy looking in store windows. And when they change, it's exciting. Right. Next would be the jewelry shop. Uh, you can find gold, silver, pearl, and gemstone Mickey Mouse jewelry. You're going to have character watches by Wittenauer, Scoggin, and the Disney artists. You'll find fashion character jewelry. Tarina Tarantino, uh, her Queen Alice collection is for sale here. And you'll find lockets and charm bracelets that are actually in-case jewelry. So you'll have to ask to see those. They're obviously going to be real gold or silver. The Candy Palace sells fudge, taffy, caramel, and other apples, jelly beans, candy, brittle, cupcakes, chocolate, and Rice Krispies. And they have a tin that you can get that's empty, and you can fill it with whatever you want from the case, which I thought was really cool. I didn't get to do that, but I did watch them make... um, I think it was one of the brittles that they have in the store. I was watching the candy window. The gentleman just was just standing there watching him and, and smiling at the candy. And he looked at me and he just kind of smiled. I'm like, I can watch. That's why the window's here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then the penny arcade. This was kind of fun. Corey, we did the, the strong grip game to see how strong we were. They have different types of games here. They have the True Grip Challenge, which we did, uh, Press a Penny, many different ones. They have a fortune teller, and they have these comic art views, you know, where you, it's kind of like a viewfinder, except it's a big wooden box that so you put lean over and you look into and see, like, a little a little comic strip going on. Now, last, well, no, it's not last. Critter Country's last. Now, New Orleans Square, which was my favorite section, for obvious reasons, but also you really don't feel like you're at Disneyland when you go back into those little streets and into those little shops. I agree. It's one of the best themed yeah, lands in any, it Disney really park, is. Or any Disney park I've been to. Now, they have the Port Royal Curios and Curiosities, which is all Disneyland Resort merchandise for women. They have Pieces of Eight, which carries all your Pirates of the Caribbean merchandise. Les Bat and Rouge, which I think that's so funny, the play on Baton Rouge. Um, it's the Nightmare Before Christmas shop, <clears throat> so anything to do with that movie you'll find there. And then you have Cristal Orleans. Where they have Swarovski, Shannon, and Arebus. Well, and you can also get it engraved here. And then there's Les Ornaments Magique. So it's a very small Christmas ornament shop. So that's the one thing I found. In Disneyland, there are not a lot of um, ornaments to, so, say, to choose from. And the shops that do carry them, it's a really small selection. The best place, in my opinion, is over here at World at the Days of Christmas store. And then you have La Masquerade d'Orleans, which sells all pins and accessories and then the jewel of orleans which sells estate jewelry the earliest piece is a circa 1870 cameo which is beautiful and they have a lot of art deco jewelry and even some newer pieces watches pins earrings bracelets rings and necklaces these are real estate this is real real estate jewelry right so it's priced accordingly yes i mean gorgeous gorgeous pieces i tried on a few (laughs) i didn't get anything but it's still fun to try them on like five thousand plus (laughs) and then they also sell parasols in new orleans square it's more like a little stand they have a mini size for 11.95 a large size for 17.95 and then if you want any artwork it's five dollars per design last but not least is critter country they have one shop the briar patch 
which is located right next to Splash Mountain, and they sell hats and Mickey ears here with stitching available, sunglasses, and then they have little headbands that they sell with the character ears attached, whether it's like Piglet, Tigger, um, little Mickey heads sticking off of them. So and, that's all. And if you don't want to get wet, that's where you can buy a, uh, a rain uh, poncho oh, yeah, before for, you go on Splash Mountain. For Splash Mountain. But... Oh, also, the Jewel of Orleans, that's where I had my Captain Jack experience. I think I talked about it before, but maybe not. Did I not? I don't think you did. Well, I was going around doing my store tour, and, you know, I'm in there. I'm talking to the lady. I was just about to ask to see this ring that I had already looked at twice before, and it was green garnets because the baby's going to be born in January. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking over it, and I'm just looking over it, and all of a sudden, like, I feel someone, like, leaning on me. Literally on me. And I'm thinking, who is this freak (laughs) that is so close to me? I can feel their hair. So, like, I turn, and he says to me, he's like, which one are you looking at? And I'm like, oh, it's Captain. You know, I'm like thinking, oh, it's Captain Jack. So I smile at him, and I'm like, the green garnets. You know, I'm like, that one's really nice. And so he says, well, have you seen this one? And he takes me to another case, and he points out one of the Art Deco ones with sapphires in it. And I'm like, that one's okay. And so I, I knew of another one in that case, and I'm like, but I really like that one. I said, could you get me that one? And he said, well, I could, but I think I'd have a problem with these ladies. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is Corey was not with me. He was about taking photos as I go through and do my thing. And he happened to walk in, saw Captain Jack leaning over this woman at the counter, and had no idea it was me. So I'm taking a photo. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And they turn around, (laughs) and it's Julie. Oh, whoa, perfect. You know, right time at the right place. But that was definitely the highlight of my trip. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Great job, Julie. Thank you very much. And let's move on to Corey. He wants to tell us a little bit more about... Food and wine. You had a chance to actually go there when it was everything was open and running. Yeah, we went there um, last Thursday. Uh, like I said before, when we went, a lot of these things weren't open. Didn't get a chance to taste a lot of things. Um, I wanted to let everybody know what I really enjoyed as far as food goes. Uh, the crawfish etouffee in Louisiana is definitely my favorite, and I'm not just being partial. It, it, it was excellent. It was it was great. And well, the, I think it it says a lot for you know what the real stuff is. Yes. So it's not like. I was like, pre- I was preparing myself to be disappointed Ooh. because I've tasted the best. I can understand that. Can and really. so I, I didn't expect it to be spicy, and it was. Yeah, and so we, we basically ordered everything from top down. Ordered all. Yeah, you know, what'd you think of the praline? Oh, caramel? The, the praline bread pudding with the caramel yeah. sauce. It was so good, and I don't yeah. like bread pudding. <laughs> so definitely, definitely enjoy that. Um, also, surprisingly. Uh, this, my second favorite thing was in San Francisco in the U.S. The, the seared beef medallion with cheddar cheese polenta. I've never stopped. I've never stopped at the USA because I never wanted to get the lobster roll. No, don't get. Li- he, he always stops at the hops and barley market, though. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to try the the festival beer of the year, and it was much better this year. The Sam Adams uh, festival beer. I didn't. I didn't like the one last year as much. This year is um, very good. Very good. Also, uh, a few other great things I enjoyed. Uh, in Vienna, Austria, the boiled br- beef brisket with p- red potatoes and horseradish cream sauce. It was good. That was another um, plus. China, the chicken sha-sha, pork pot stickers. I didn't do it this year, but I had them last year. Those are always good. And also in Australia, the grilled lamb chops for $5. Pretty expensive. Yeah. Those are my favorite things um, this year. One thing we did do, we we did try the uh, the Disney gift card where you can load up. Mm-hmm. We you know we loaded a hundred dollars on this thing. They they give you a little, a little wristband 
to put around you so you carry the card with you. I, I recommend this to everybody that plans on doing Food Wine Festival. I think it should be mandatory that you do this. It is so convenient. Even if you just put $20 on it, go around, and then you can refill it at one of the other stops. It was very, very convenient. Did they tell you how much money you had left when you on made a purchase? Receipt. Yep. I think that's a good idea. Yep. That's it really just makes good. it go by so much quicker because you have people in front of you. They're digging out their cash or their quarters or whatever, or they're signing their credit card slip, and it just backs the line up. If they did require people to have these, it, you just swipe and go, yeah. swipe and go. Probably taking pictures with their disposable cameras. <laughs> <laughs> hate them. I'm, I'm usually the <laughs> – hate those people. <laughs> I, I'm usually the cash carrier, you know, and Julie wants some. I'm like, okay, well, here's $10 and constantly giving each other money. You know, here's change. Hold these quarters. This was just so convenient. I recommend this to anybody. You just had one card, right? For yeah. Both of you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can get a few. And I think that uh, the lady told us they're only making 10000 of these. So they could possibly sell out. Do they say anything on them? Do they say anything special for Food and Wine? Or are they just they have Disney? the Little Cities in Wonderland logo and say mm. Food and Wine Festival. They're cute. You know what? Good souvenir, too. Yeah. If you do scrapbooking or something, you could take that home. And yeah, well, the piece, you break off the piece on the top because it hangs like on a, you know, in the little shop, it hangs on one of those little metal rods. Right. So you break off the piece on the top, so you just have this other tiny little piece with the magnetic strip on the back, and they attach the little thing to it. And I wore it, obviously, because it was a little tight for him. And then I actually put the little top piece in our scrapbook. <laughs> and you, they slide it through the they cash They slide registers. it through, give you a receipt, and you are done. And they should step that up one further, and they should do a barcode. And yeah, the IR barcode, that would even be sp- faster. Like a speed pass, like on the gas pump. Really? Yeah. I have a question to ask you. You said you loaded $100. Did you use your whole $100? No. Now, because I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Did you leave full? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sure. I just I that's going to come up in my section. How much did you spend? I think we have twenty five dollars left on it. So, so you spent seventy five dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We ate. We ate what we wanted. I drank what I wanted. And that, see, that would be the only the only thing I would warn people about. It's a similar to a gift card. Now you've got extra money on this. If you're leaving the next day, you got to make sure you use up that money, or else it's wasted. But you, you don't only have to use that at food and wine festival. It can be used at gift shops yeah. too. They made these gift cards to be convenient and small enough. Um, and handy enough to where you use it at food and wine festivals, so you're not pulling out a card. Out but of you your can wallet. use it in your resort Correct. and things yes. like that. That's yes. good too. But still, be careful how yeah. much you have left on there. Don't leave any money. See, on the for table. us, it didn't matter because we knew we'd be coming back. Right. Yeah. Now, what about spots to refill them when you're in the park? There are a few um, areas around the world showcase. You know, when you get into the park, get the get the little booklet, open up to the map, and there's a little box on there, and it, it'll, it'll list all of the the places where you can. Uh, there's six. There's a total of six of them. Yeah, that's good. Let's see. There's the Festival Gift Shop, uh, the Gilded Pair, uh, the New York State Wine Adventure, the Fed Square Gifts, and French Market, and and the Stock Pot at the Festival Center. So a few, a few areas to get them. Sounds like it's easy enough to to re-up it, like John said. You don't want to put more on there than you're going to leave. Yeah, you know, if you don't think you're going to have all that much stuff, put $25 on it. Exactly. But you're going to see it's going to go really fast right. and you'll be refilling it. I mean, we spent a lot of our money on water because I drink that like crazy and they're three fifty a pop. <laughs> and also, I think a good tip, too, is you can get one for the family. Yeah. And yeah. just pay for everybody's meal on one. So the um, one Another great thing I liked that they did this year was with the menus. They uh, Not only did they have the menu over the the booth or and the vertical one that stands outside the booth they have the uh, two menus right at the register 
So when you get up there to pay, you can just look down and say, okay, this is it. This is what I want. Usually you're in line going, okay, I need to know what I right. want before I get up there. Are the, menu out, the menus out front lit? Uh, we weren't there at night, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they're... Well, in the past, they haven't been, so it's... I don't think they are. I, I find that... That's a big complaint a lot of people have, yeah, is the right. menus are not lit. So each each uh, area has four menus. So With the I, exception of, like, turkey. Yeah, t- <laughs> poor, poor, poor little turkey. stand. <laughs> they just really gave, they got the shaft, poor guys. There's not a big sign. Like saying, this is turkey, this is what we offer. They just have the one little sign above them, and it's kind of like tucked over into the corner. when you could miss it. The um, the Festival Welcome Center this year is located in the, uh, what's right, right in between Mission Space and the Universe of Energy, where they had body wars and all that. Um, that's where the, the central location is mm-hmm. for the, the Festival Center. Last year it's it was... huge. Wonders of Life Pavilion? That's yeah. it, yeah. And it's huge. I mean, so we went in there. That was... I, I, at first, I didn't like the location because it's kind of out in the, out the way. You know, usually you uh, it's right there, um, behind the Epcot character yeah, meet right and greet the, spot. Yeah, that area. It's usually a walk through one of the right. interventions booths um, buildings. In the past, it's been a, just through the interventions booth, but they definitely um, they're definitely using this space. You know, for all these events, they did it the same thing for Flower and Garden. They're doing it for food and wine, and it gives them a lot of space to really. You know, sell their stuff. That's where yeah. you can buy wine. Um, you know, we went. They were selling knives, food and wine merchandise, food and wine. The Commander's Palace chef was there when, when we went. I yes. remember he was signing a new book that was coming out. That's probably where y'all had y'all um, party for the census. No, ours was at uh, Millennium Village. Oh, did they, they have, have the cookbook? Because the cookbook always seems to go. There really are tons fast. of cookbooks in this oh, place. Maybe they got smart this yeah. year. Yeah, but all different kinds, not just the festival cookbook. Okay. And they have cozy chairs there. I would suggest it's a great place to go and rest. I did. <laughs> and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to make. I'm, you know, Louisiana, they're, they're giving out Mardi Gras beads out there. They have a, like a, a river boat with Mardi Gras colors on it with a stage. And you can sign up to win Louisiana food products. I yes. sign us up. They have a drawing like once every two weeks or something. And then, as always, the Australia exhibit is really nice. They have the, the wine walkabout and... You know, it's actually much better this year. Yeah. It's in my opinion. They have a, a booth where they just sell uh, wine, usually where they sell the food. The, the, the food booth has moved into the exhibit, so it's not on the walkway or the path. And they have little uh, people telling you about what's going on. They're all dressed in, like, blue and white with little hats on. They're little people? No. <laughs> I didn't, not little people. Like, just I say little people as mm-hmm. in just people. Okay. But... Do you guys do you buy any wine? No, you're a big big wine buff. No, no, no. I, I didn't I didn't find any that I uh, that I couldn't get at a local uh, yeah. wine Shop, store. Yeah. Hmm. But you know that's basically it. I just want to kind of give people a, you know an update on the food and see how it the new menus were. Sounds good. This sound good. I want to head over and try the Louisiana stuff. Yeah, Definitely too. recommend the gift card. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Sounds excellent. Kevin's making noises again. His cats. He loves to drop those cats. He does. My cats are in the way. Very good. Let's move on. Kevin's going to tell us about 
um, the Party for the Senses, keeping in the Food and Wine Festival theme. Kevin, what do you have for us? We went to the very first one. There is a Party for the Senses every Saturday night throughout Food and Wine Festival, October 4th, 11th, 18th, 25th, November 1st, and 8th. They run from 6.30 to 9 p.m. The quest is $135 per person plus tax. That includes your gratuity and theme park admission is required. What this is, is it's held in the Millennium Village, which is between uh, Great Britain and Canada. There has, um, they've had them in the past, so we got a little bit of helpful hints from Regina. She told us to get there early. And what you do is once you arrive, you have to check in. You have to give them your confirmation number, and they give you a wristband, which allows you entrance into the event. We got there, I'm going to guess, it was John and I and Kathy and her daughter Katie. And we got there, I'm going to guess, 6 o'clock, 6.10. And there were probably 200 people ahead of us. Yes. Sounds about right. We were told when I purchased the tickets that there is a dress code, that there are no shorts, sneakers, tube tops, or bathing suits. Now, that's pretty much my entire wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) I saw at least a quarter of the people not adhering to the dress code. Now, I have a blister to show that I actually wore shoes into Epcot. I'm sorry. If you're going to walk around Epcot during the day and go to the party for the senses, wearing long pants and your dress-up clothes and your dress shoes is ridiculous. And those quarter people, they were not in swimsuits. No, or tube tops. <laughs> they were gentlemen in shorts and sneakers. And women. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't feel that this detracted from the event, in my opinion. Yeah. I would, if I was going to do it again, I would show up in my shorts and my sneakers. I would thwart the Disney dress code just for the sheer sake of comfort. It's still warm in Florida, and no matter where you park at Epcot, the walk to... Millennium Village is a walk. So part of this package is you get uh, preferred seating at the uh, concert beforehand. So now you've got to be dressed up for the concert. Right. Kathy and her daughter went to the concert. I'm going to let you talk about that in a minute. Um, John and I skipped it. It was Starship the night we went. And if Grace Slick isn't going to be there, in my opinion, why would you bother? (laughs) As the 630 approaches, they open the doors. And it's these great big Jurassic Park gates. Mm. And they open them up, and you enter in. Now, I'd like to say that people entered slowly. They didn't. And no. politely. It was this mad dash. And I, I, Regina told us why, but it was this mad dash into the towards the event hall. And as you go in, they, you're given a plate with a little cutout in it and a wine glass. Now, you're told... That this wine glass is your one and only wine glass. Don't lose it. Don't lay it down. Don't let it out of your sight. People will steal it. Where's my Sharpie? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody has a wine glass. And your plate has this little cutout so that you can hold your plate and put your wine glass in it. Mm. My advice, ditch the plate. Every food station you go to within the event has a plate and a fork. You don't need the plate. Hang on to the wine glass. You enter into this large waiting area and there's some little displays and they were playing rave music is the only way I can describe it it was thump thump disco disco I expected there to be people in cages and it was it was dance club music 
And at 6.30, what did party. It, what was it really like? <laughs> it was gay rave music it is really what it was. like being in a gay club. I kept waiting for the guys without their shirts. That's exactly what it sounded like. they had the same, the lights going back and forth. And it, it was, it so was a damn... mannequins reopened then here. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, I'm sorry. They let us in at 6 o'clock. The event doesn't actually start until 6.30. My timeline was a little off there. At 6.30... This voice comes over the loudspeaker, and it's very, um, she's very mellow. And she talks all about your experience and your party for the senses, and that you're entering on a journey. And then the lights and the, you know, the 2010 music starts, and the, the lights start bouncing around the room to get people excited. And then all of a sudden, these sheer drapes open, and you're supposed to file into the party. <laughs> well, that was when all hell broke loose. They opened up these sheer drapes, and they opened them up slowly. The people that were waiting, waiting were literally tearing the drapes down in order to get past them quickly. It was like the running of the bulls. And the reason is that I don't know how many people they let in, but there's only tables for about half of them. Mm. There are not tables or chairs for everyone. There's a limited number of tables. There's a limited number of tables that you can sit at. And they all have four chairs at them. But that doesn't mean that those four chairs at that table are going to stay at that table. Because people ran in every direction and grabbed the chairs from other tables. There's also bar size tables set up. And they have one bar stool at them. So again, just because there's one bar stool at a table doesn't mean it's going to remain there. The bar stools are all quickly snatched up and put around other tables. And once people grab a table... They don't move. So it's not like these tables are going to open up later in the evening. So if you're one of those people who needs a table or a place to sit, I suggest that you be as ruthless as everybody else. Put the fastest person up front and get there early so that you're at the front of this pack. We weren't that far back from the the front of the line in... I think we all took off looking for a table, and none of us got one with chairs. We got we actually got a bar table, and all of our cha- all the chairs had been taken. And I'm going to guess an hour into the event, there were four of us standing, and another party came over and said, "Listen, we have a chair that we don't need. Would you guys like it?" However, we were at a bar table, and it was a a, a table chair. <laughs> so if you sat down on it, your forehead reached the table. But it was still better than what we had. This is one of those events where I wish Bob was there because he would have gotten there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, pulled his cart Parked up. his cart in front. <laughs> he would have had his tent set up in front of the entrance. <laughs> With his, you know, like the, the catter, cattle catcher on front yeah. and pushed people out of the way. Right. I wish Bob was there too. We definitely would have gotten a table if, it, if he had been with us. We finally did find one of the bar tables. And the four of us had, a, as I said, had a place to stand. This is held in the Millennium Village, which is a cavernous space. And this the space is set up into color-coded areas. I never really got a rhyme or reason as to why the areas were color-coded. I didn't understand what the reasoning for that was, other than sort of to like give you a tick list that I did everything in the red area. Did mm-hmm. any of you figure out? Well, I thought it was based on Small World because it was tables in Wonderland and sort of had a Small World look to the decorations like Alice in Wonderland type of thing and it, I thought you were going to different areas like you pass through the rooms in Small World but maybe not maybe I was reaching I, did, I didn't <laughs> see anything for this one but I know when I read Regina's thing the one she went to there was like purple pizzazz something where it had, had to do with the menu items but 
if there was a theme or why it was all those different colors, it missed me. Yeah, there there was something along that line, but I I, I didn't get the idea that all beef was going to be in the green area right. or anything. I didn't see any rhyme or reason to it. And what this uh, the way this is set up is there are tasting booths set up throughout the Millennium Village. There's food tasting booths, there are wine tasting booths, and beer tasting booths. There weren't as many beer tastings as there were wine. And the people from the vineyards were there and the salespeople were there and you could talk about the wine. However, you had to have your wine glass as you went from place to place. And they would give you, I believe you could have a small sample or you could actually have a glass of wine. Is that what? That's absolutely true, yeah. Okay. Now, the food, in my opinion, was wide and varied. However, it was being prepared for huge amounts of people. So by the time you got to it, it wasn't warm. You didn't get hot food unless you were exactly in the right spot that once they ran out, they started replating food. And then they would start handing the food out one by one. When the the event first started, they were ready for everybody. Mm. As the night wore on, it seemed that they didn't pre-plate vast portions of it. They would do five or ten, and as people walked up, they would replate new portions. So it seemed that the food got warmer as the night went on. Uh, there were a couple of standouts as far as I was concerned. There was a seared scallop, which I thought was very good. I don't remember who made it. And again, that was when you first got there, it was cold and rubbery. But as you got a hot one, it was really good. So it made a big difference in how the, the, the items tasted. There was a pulled pork on a green chili polenta, which I thought was good. That was my favorite. Uh, there was uh, one of the people from Top Chef. Rock somebody or other? Rock, that's right. I thought you said Rock Harbor, and I kept saying his name's Rock Harbor. <laughs> it was Rock Harbor. And he made a king crab and macaroni and cheese dish, which was mm. very good. Very good. However, these three had the longest lines mm-hmm. of them. It seemed to me that there was a lot of lamb being served. There was a lot of veal being served. And duck seemed to be... It was like this was the year of the duck. Right up Corey's alley. (laughs) And if you're into that stuff and you're adventurous and you're willing to eat it, like I loved it. I thought it was all good. But, you know, you have people there who were kind of passing by these tables going, oh, it's veal or it's duck. I don't eat that. I personally don't care for lamb. There was buffalo. Yep, there was buffalo. There didn't seem to be a great deal of beef other than, um, I think you got uh, like a filet, like a little tiny piece of filet. Uh and then there were desserts. And I found the truffle table, which was all different varieties of little chocolate truffles. About In diameter, they were about the size of a nickel. So these were small. But every time you walked by, there was a lady standing there handing you a plate of them. I sort of made concentric circles. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin would say, would say, let's go see what else there is. He goes, okay, but I have to go by the truffle lady. <laughs> so she was truffles. pretty much on the way to everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. And they actually had sugar-free truffles. They so did. if you hadn't indulged enough, you know, you could cut it down with your sugar-free. Also, one of the nice things they did, well, there, there was beer and wine. The other option was water. And there were great big... 
tubs of ice with liter-sized bottles of Evian water. And I think at first the idea was that they had these little plastic Dixie cups next to the tub. And as you walked up to it, I think you were supposed to take a Dixie cup of water and go back to your table. No one did this. You would walk up and you would you might take the cups, but everybody was grabbing a liter bottle of Evian water. And eventually throughout the night, they stopped telling you that you were supposed to take a cup. When I first got there and he said to me, you're supposed to take a cup, I thought he meant I had to take a cup with the bottle. <laughs> and when I went to reach the bottle, he said, no, you're only supposed to take a cup of water. And I thought, well, there are four of us standing at this table and they're like, nobody's leaving the table because there's not enough to go around. And throughout the evening, people would come by your table and say, are you leaving? So it was like people didn't have tables. We so. also sprinted to get into the place. Right. It mm-hmm. was a thousand degrees. I was like, I need to drink water So you guys fast. took turns, obviously, going to the food station. Uh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kathy's daughter, Katie, had actually eaten prior to getting there. So she was just nibbling. So she was our table anchor for quite a while. <laughs> it would be, like, and you know, you pretty much knew that don't let go of the wine glasses and don't let go of the table. And then at first you think, okay, I'm going to go up and I'm going to try this and I'm going to bring it back to the table. Eventually you got good, of, good at putting like six up your arm because you hit like every station on the way back. I'm not coming back out for this. Yeah. Let me get as much as I can. This is a large space. And if you went and got one item or two item and walk back to your table, I mean, we're talking bite-sized portions of food. So yeah. it, Food and wine sample portions is what they gave you. Right. If you didn't have a table to sit at, it, it, it could get very tiring very easy. Now, I don't really... Nothing else as far as the food I had stands out. Oh, I tried something I've never tried before. They had um, a Parmesan Reggiano cheese, Grand Padana Reggiano. And the man, when you walked up to it, he took a small portion of honeycomb actual honeycomb and laid your cheese over that and the idea of eating parmesan cheese and honeycomb had never appealed to me and i can't wait to go out and buy myself some honeycomb it was good there's there were two large cheese uh areas two booths that were serving cheeses and very uh exotic there was a truffle oil um gouda i believe and it was really good so if you were into cheeses the cheese and wine combinations were incredible. We actually tried a brie with pistachios in it. No. That was very good. So there were some great things to this. However, the the space is large enough that putting another 100 or 150 tables in would not hurt them. I was going to ask that. It, you know, the tables I had, that was that full? No. You know? No. No. Uh, putting bar stools, enough bar stools out for everybody to be able to grab a seat would definitely improve this event. I think for what you're spending, you, you deserve to have a, a table or a seat, and you shouldn't need to, uh, you know, fight. Have somebody stay there and watch yeah. it. Exactly. Now that's why I asked you during what you were talking about when you were talking about going to the food and wine festival. I wanted to know if you and Julie ate and were full by the time you left Epcot. And you said for the two of you, you spent seventy five dollars and you ate and drank what you wanted. This is $135 per person. Ooh. Wow. So we sat there and we were talking about whether the four of us were discussing whether or not this was a good value. And when you first think about it, you think, okay, it's $135. I'm having an okay time. But I realized that we had spent $540 plus tax for the four of us to stand there. 
And I asked all around the table, was anybody thinking, this is the best food I've ever had? And nobody said to me, I'm dying, it's so good. No one said to me, I think this is the best, the very best of the best. I mean, there were things that were good and there were things that were like, eh, so what? In my opinion, if you're going to do this, you could take that $135 and you could literally feast. Two of you could feast. At the Food and Wine Festival. At the Food and Wine Festival as you walked around and you could find a place to sit. Because there are areas of the Food and Wine Festival where the portions are big. Those are the ones that I like and I like to go back to because I... You know, I like the taste of food, but I also, you know, I I like to eat to get full. (laughs) Even if you were tasting a huge variety of wines, and I I did see people tasting a huge variety of wines. I'm hoping that none of them were driving. Yeah. But you, for $135, you could taste a lot of wine as you walked around the Food and Wine Festival. None of us who went were really wine drinkers. So that portion of it kind of went to waste. Mm. I could definitely see if you were someone who really enjoyed trying different wines and drinking wine, you'd be in heaven. There was so much to choose from, so many vineyards. I had two small tries of champagne, and that was it for the whole evening. Yeah, that's what I had. I had tried two different champagnes just because they were there, and I didn't have to pay for them. But I guess if you were into wine and you could meet with all those vineyards, you know, you could enhance your wine knowledge. But to me, I didn't need to know that. And that's probably where a lot of your money goes, I would imagine. Well, I don't know. Samantha Brown talked about going to that wine bar in Winter Park where they have wine experts. And she put $40 on a card. And she said she drank all night. Now, there are places where this can be done. I think $135 per person plus tax for this is outrageously out of line. In light of the fact that not everybody gets a seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big. Um, now, they did have Cirque du Soleil performers there. There were three different performers, and they had three stages set up throughout the space. And there were three different performances during the night. So from wherever you were located throughout the evening, you got to see all three. They rotated through the they different, rotated. different stages. So you got to see all of the yeah, acts without having to move around the venue. There was Hula Hoop Girl. Bendy Chinese ladies and, <laughs> and box twirling guy. Yeah. He had a great big metal cube made out of nothing but poles. And as we were standing there, at first we didn't realize who he was. And he kept walking back and forth in front of our table. And we thought he was a guest, an overdressed guest, <laughs> because he was dressed sort of as Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. And we thought, you know, he really took this um, <laughs> dress code to heart. Well, he got up and he spun his box throughout the night (laughs) (laughs) and again there was the hula hoop girl and there were two young Asian women who could fold themselves in half in various different positions they also had a strolling band that played new age music remember when we went to Gaylord Palms for the sushi bar that opened Mm -hmm. and they had that electric band yeah where they, once again, those of you who can't see, Julie rolled her eyes. We play. don't like people playing music by our table when we're trying to eat. Well, I agree. It's like, please move. Exactly. Because you have to stand there and pretend you're interested. Yeah. I really just want to eat a chip. They play, these, <laughs> they play these electronic instruments that are portable, but they are not real instruments. It's it kind was, of like a fake guitar yeah. and a fake drum set and a fake keyboard, but they, they put out a decent volume of music. It was Celtic New Age. <laughs> <It was> mm. 
wispy, mu- wispy music. I don't know about that. And then when they would take a break, it would go back to the gay rave music. Thump, 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 thump. There was a DJ who, when they weren't playing, was putting in filler music. Plays at a gay bar on his off hours. I know he does. <laughs> it was wildly inappropriate music it for really the was. setting. And it, it, it was such a dichotomy between the new agey, wispy, Celtic women, you know, crystals and yeah. stuff music to thump, thump, thump. And then they would travel around and snake their way through the place. And, and they would be come trying and stand to get next to you. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually you just kind of started putting your back to them. Because after you've watched them play with that little piece of wood with little... It, it was a piece of wood with little rubber discs on it. And he would like go through these gyrations where he was pounding on these little discs. <laughs> and I thought, it doesn't matter what you do to it. I just don't think it's all that good. <laughs> Stop. Um... Now those food stations y'all went to, I know you can go back and forth, but can you can you stock up? Say I want three. Plates? I well we you we finally wised up and like it would be like okay you go to that one and get two you go to that one and get two you go yeah, so you could get okay. multiples of each. There was one who I thought was terrific. I thought the pulled pork was terrific, and I went back there three or four times and I would get two plates of each, just because I thought it was so good and it was filling. At know? the very first part of the evening. People didn't quite know. They hadn't settled in yet, so no, you were getting one portion. Towards the night went on, Kathy would go to one table and come back with enough for each of us to try it, and then I would go off in a different direction. Because this was, although you're inside, going to the far end (laughs) was a walk. It was. It was an adventure. Yeah, and it it was crowded. And so when you finally got to that end, it was not like you were going to walk back with your little one ounce of scallop and eat and then go someplace else. I mean, you literally could have spent your entire night walking. And if this event was handled differently and people didn't clutch those tables early on, I think the idea here is that you wander... Right. And as you get your appetizer, you sit for a second and then wander on. It's supposed to be kind of like a cocktail party almost where you were going to go and get a sample and sit and relax and then go to the next place and sit and relax. However, no one's doing that. Once you get a table, it was an outpost for the entire evening. <laughs> People stayed and guarded their possessions. It was very much, this is mine, don't touch it. So there was none of that wandering around and stopping and enjoying. I mean, you even felt weird if you set your glass down on someone's table while you kind of readjusted your arm load full of plates to take back to your Hmm. outpost. So I guess in my final thing with this is I don't know that I would ever do this again. I didn't see the value in it. I don't drink wine. Oh, I did talk a server into finding me a Diet Coke. <laughs> and you should have seen the eyes when they came back to the table. As a matter of fact, John's first reaction was, where'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> don't touch it. It's mine. Exactly. Uh, I found it almost outrageously expensive. Kathy made a really good observation. How many people would you guess were there? A thousand? Probably. You made an observation. Do you remember what it was? What you mean the one about all of us in there doing our thing and like the world is falling apart and people are losing money, but if you were in that room, it was like gluttony or you know it was just something that it was like a t- whole totally different world. It was like the Roman Empire was burning right. and we were still right. partying. It was very surreal. It was. It was. Uh, this was on October fourth, and the news that day had been very bad, and it was just you know the economy was falling apart and. 
Kathy's daughter and I were having a, a, a discussion about the cost, and she's involved with Disney. And she said, well, you know, based on Disney prices, this is Disney prices. And I said, okay, let's just, just let's talk for a minute. And we were in this little sea of cocktail tables, and each one had approximately 400 people on it. I said, without turning your head, how many cocktail tables can you see? And she said, four or five. I said, and how many people are at each one? She said, four. I said, now think of the fact that this is $540 per cocktail table. So I said, within your immediate peripheral vision, you can see about $3,000. I don't know that everybody in that restaurant that night could eat $3,000 worth of food. It, so it was, it was, it was very, it almost was decadent. That a thousand people had dropped one hundred and thirty-five dollars a piece, and as when Kathy said it, your first reaction was, "Holy crap! The economy really is bad." And here we are; we've dropped five hundred and forty dollars, and are having food that I would just consider okay. I think there were a couple of standouts, but for the most part, it was okay. So, I guess my final thought on this is: if you're going to the food and wine festival, I suggest that if you're willing to just go and kind of spend that much money, buy one of those cards Corey's talking about and feast your way around the park. Enjoy what you do. Take your time and sit and enjoy it instead of fighting for a table in, in a horde of people who are, everybody's out for themselves. So that's my review of the Party for the Senses. Good. Great. Thank you, Kevin, for that review of Party for the Senses or Party of the Senses. What was it? Party, party for the senses. Party for the senses or the senseless. And that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, we hope you tune in tomorrow for the email edition. And thank you again for listening to the Diz Unplugged. From Orlando, Florida. <laughs> <laughs>